Enfants de la patrie, le jeu de Claret est arrivé. Contre nous de la tyrannie, les tonnes sanglants élevés, les tonnes sanglants élevés. Entendez-vous dans la campagne. So, um, am I the only one here who ever does lyric substitution to common pop songs you hear on the radio all the time? Oh, no, no, not at all. I, I, and usually I only do it when I'm feeling super punchy, in which point, in which case, the, the lyrics substituted are usually like, it's usually about boobs and dicks and farts, you know? Yeah, just, it really just... To kind of vent some spleen. Yeah. Yep. Although, and I have to tell you, you know, somewhere, you know the last scene in Indiana Jones? Which one? The, the, indeed, the first one. It was like <laughs> 1981, maybe? 80, 79? Anyway, um, where you have that, that clerk pushing the ark often. Yep. At night when I sleep, I have some doddering clerk going through the files of my memory say, how about in the morning he wakes up to joy to the world by three dog night? A song I don't listen to. Weird. Nor a song I like. Huh. And, you know, there's a line in there, which is such a lob for a lyric substitutionist. Yeah. If I was the king of the world... And when I hear that line, it's like some reptilian part of me awakens. It's like a previously camouflaged eye pops open at the waterline. It's like, king of the world, <laughs> tell me more. Then, and then, of course, the payoff line, I'd have a bunch of s'mores around a family fire, and then we'd hug into through the night, or whatever stupid shit they sing. And at which point the reptile goes, mm, boring, and just sinks below the surface, but... If I was the king of the world, bum, bum, tell you what I would do. I'd lock Wilbur Ross inside a burning car and push it off of a cliff. Hey! Like you've been it. beautiful, <laughs> Cleveland. If I was the king of the world, bum, bum, tell you what I would do. I'd randomly incarcerate I'd randomly incarcerate men half my age and then have sex with their wives. Alright! Joy to the world. Especially me. I so, like that. that. That's much more highbrow than the the original stuff. I was I was, I was assuming that you were gonna gonna sing. That was that was clever. That was no, clever. That, that, a little uh, bit uh, disgusting and uh, kind of. Um, we should talk later. We should we should definitely uh, like. Uh, you doing okay, buddy? John, I need to be held. Uh, <laughs> that was a, so. Welcome to Breakup Gaming Society. Uh, um, fuck! I picked a name yesterday. Oh, I am your ho- your host. And you can look this up. It's made in Taiwan. I'm your host. Uh, what's it called? Um, super Intelligent Toilet. Is it a toilet that talks to you after you poo, or is it one that wipes for you, or vice versa? Which one yes. do you need to go next? Um, it's, <laughs> um, it, uh, as far as I can tell, um, it's... It tells you what you ate? That would be cool. As yeah, far as I know, it, it's, it's, it, scans, it scans your junk, so it knows whether a man or woman is sitting on it. I don't know what it does with that data. But anyway, uh, I, I am your host, Super Intelligent Toilet. To my left, Tweak. <laughs> Lord of Stickers and King of Lamb Food. Stickers for the sticker god. Blood, blood for the blood god. thing. Um, also to his left, setting up his decks, is um, our resident DJ Artemis. To his left, Shell, a.k.a. the Cobra. What up, sister? Hello. Wait, his decks or his dicks? Yes. Both. Um, both. Okay, yes. we'll go with Let both. your imagination <laughs> run wild. And, of course, to her left, always, our bro slash sis, 
John, a.k.a. He, She Who Thirsts. Um, that's our intro. So just in a minute, we're going to be back with the drink of the week. I'm your host, Super Intelligent Toilet. Thanks so much for listening. Drink of the week. Um, first of all, I'm going to walk back some of my snark from a previous episode and apologize to the makers and marketers of Tin Cup Whiskey. Um, I know we said we liked the drink, but I made fun of their branding and said it was phony. Da, da, but they did something which is so brilliant. I'm just now coming to grips with it. As you know, uh, Jean, you remember when we started hosting here at the clubhouse, I bought, for everyone's general use, a set of eight rocks glasses. Yeah. Of which we now have... Just one, I think. Two? Two. <clears throat> two left. And one of the ones <clears throat> we actually have to use is the tin cup from the 175. Yeah. And I look at it, and you know what I think? God, I could dump a nice shit in that. Like, it's going <laughs> to overflow, and it's going to look better than two girls in one cup. It's going to look like two Jews in one nose. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> that was a hard left turn <laughs> this week. Um, uh, but, and I had... My own Jew joke teed up, and you fucked it up. Now you <laughs> fucked up, you fucked up the shock. And I'm Jewish, so I can do it. What are you doing, you? You small, gave me the Jew card. You small town racist redneck fuck. Anyway, <laughs> love you, love you. So, but no, but you know what happened? Because this tin cup, I I know for a fact they were like we were doing research on OCD alcoholics, and once they get one of these. They come back for another. They're gonna want a second, and I do, I was I'm, I want another handle of tin cup, yeah. So I can have and and of course you know once you have two, why not four? So hats off to you, tin cup, for uh, psychologically fucking me. Um, so our drink of the week is the return for me of an old friend in a new mask. So years ago, I was a huge fan of uh, Aces High Cinnamon Whiskey. It was made by Mystic Distillers, just up. Uh, you know when you take a turn off the Larkspur exit? Towards the to, Renaissance to, Festival? Towards the Rennie? Yeah, if you go yeah, the yeah. other way, if you have directions, you'll wind up with the place where Mystic Mountain was made. Oh, no now, way. this is fun. You, get, you kids will appreciate this. The guy who uh, started it, his name was Fred, and uh, when I talked about why he got into it, he said his family is from Cripple Creek. <laughs> and his family turned to bootlegging when the no last way. of the mines shut down in the 20s and 30s. Well, it's wow. a good way to make money. And uh, he also had a very interesting story about uh, being a contractor in Saudi Arabia, where alcohol is strictly illegal, and setting up a still there. But supposedly, according mm. to the agreements, the Saudi National Police could come and raid and inspect at any time. At one point, he said they had to start a fire in the warehouse and burn it all down to avoid the inspection. No Fun stuff. But apparently, he said his whiskeys were based off his grandfather's recipe. Not sure if that's true, but tonight, so Fred knew how to run the recipes, but I, but you could tell that in terms of distribution, branding, he was out to sea and run rid of it. So tonight, we drink his successor. <laughs> Outlaw whiskey. So, um, there, there was a, uh, a second or third tier country guy, What's it? his name's Brad Lee Schrader, um, who liked this stuff so much that he had, and actually, if you look at it, it still says Mystic Mountain. That's right here in uh, Colorado. Yeah, um, I, bought I remember it. this, too. I've had it's in Larkspur, Colorado. Th- this, this, was, this, time, this, this was my drink for yeah. so long. Um, it's so much better than Fireball. So oh, yeah. much better. It's and, stronger, too. And one of the things I loved about it is, like, uh, unlike Fireball, um, 
which is a liqueur, by mm -hmm. the way, with a bunch of sugars in it. Yep. What I loved about this was um, it was actually like, and these are uh, two-ounce double shooters. Everyone got theirs? You might want to start opening because uh, pretty soon you're going to hear the toast. And, and uh, you hit the, the nail on the head, John, because yep. what I loved about this, because it actually tasted like a decent bottle of beam with a little cinnamon in it. Yeah, what you want Fireball to taste like. like. It was like Fireball for uh, people who liked whiskey, which I do. Um, there's a little tab on the top. Oh, come on. Yeah, this I is, your caps. You got it over there, yeah. cowboy. So, um, so also this was the drink I was holding the night. I gave myself a concussion. Really? At uh, at uh, downtown fine spirits. I I turned right into the utility box and dug a divot out of my head. And I was, I was holding a 175 of Ace's High. Tell me about that last time I went to the liquor store. And I blacked out. And 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 while I didn't have my uh my balance or my vision, I remember the sound. Of the handle, just going crash and thing, and then I fell in the spilled whiskey and glass. That is wow. one of the worst spilt alcohol experiences that I've ever heard. Dude, and and, that, and the worst the, the worst shitty part was imagine I had like five people at my house ready for game night, and I said, "Go ahead without me. I'm going to the fucking emergency room because I technically had a concussion, and it looked like somebody had like taken like like a hand trowel or something and just." Dug a divot right on top of my head. Anyway, um, here we are. We're gonna drink some. Uh, the water. That's my water. I don't want your fucking hepatitis C. Anyway, um, everybody stand up. Uh, we're gonna drink some Outlaw Red Cinnamon Whiskey. Um, cheers BGS. To, cheers to our host and his herpagonosyphilitis. <laughs> May you fight long and well. May you fight long and well. May you fight long and well. Pass the herpagonosyphilitis. That's what I remember. Oh, it's actually whiskey it with a nice cinnamon in it. It's actually not bad. That's good. Thank you very much. Um, so, uh, Brad Lee Schrader, I've never heard any of your songs, but we do appreciate the fact that uh, that you kept Fred's recipe intact. That was drink of the week. We're going to be back momentarily with game in your week, uh, game of the week, game uh, of the week in game. your ass. That's how we do it here. Yep, in your and, and you don't. You, it was weird. I had a dream the other night where your asshole looked just like a fucking Cinnabon. Like a Cinnabon? I mean, that happens when it gets too puckered, but... Eh. No, but here's the fucked up part. It was a four-pack. Anyway, oh, we'll be back. eat his ass. I'm just saying. It might be delicious. Game of the week coming up. Game of the week. So, uh, I know that we've talked about... Uh, Wasteland Express Delivery Service has Game of the Week before. A few times. Yep, but here's, the first, times. but here's the first time. And one of the things that makes this game so great... It's a fucking great game. And it really is. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out, time out, time out. Um, this is, in gaming parlance, a complete do-over of this segment. It, it just didn't work. Most of all, owing to me, who switched voices three different times during the segment. And also, I was trying to take our listeners into the narrative world of the characters and I, it just it just kind of fell flat honestly i think we'll try it again someday but um <laughs> plus it was such a weird night uh lacrimose and maudlin and and charged with an, weird energy and i there's so much <laughs> in that night that didn't make it into those segments uh, artemis was in the corner with some impressive body odor and his deck set up, uh, to my delight, flipping some of the uh, old beats I know 
into mixes along with some of the new stuff, which was a visitation. It was so fun to watch. And he sat up there and spun all night, could barely be bothered to take his turn. And at one point, um, you know, th there's been nights before where I just felt so down and low and, and the kids were so sweet to me. And uh, I just didn't want the night to be over and I didn't want to go back to my rental. And, um, and, you know, and I got a little love from them. And uh, had I not been so dehydrated, I probably would have wept. But last night, it must have been everyone else's turn because uh, John and Tweak and I got into a big fight about the rules and made Shell cry. And then we walked back into the uh, utility room, and for some reason, Tweak was just bawling and then took off for a while with Anubis. And while that happened, uh, John and I were packing up the auxiliary room and, and reading some more Bukowski. John was like, let me read one, let me read one. I'm like, cool. And he picked uh, one of Bukowski's many racetrack poems. And, and, he's, and he read it well. But when I looked up, just tears just streaming down his face. And I guess everybody just needed a cry that night. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to hear tonight in, instead of that ill-conceived let's act out our characters bit we tried to do. Track of the week. Hello, we're back again. This is your host, Super Intelligent Toilet. And Tweak, your lord of lamb food and stickers. Yeah, yeah, we got that. Plus, yeah, we'll get a Reuben. Thank you, sir. Um, so, uh, so uh, this is the third part in our triptych of Prince Paul Brilliant Guest Shots. Because you wanted to take it over for three nights... Three weeks in a row, right? That's I did. Well, I know. Uh, okay. well, I know a lot about golden age hip hop. Would you disagree? I've been going for two. Honestly, <laughs> I would not disagree. So, and and, and by the way, uh, do, do you remember the tracks last two weeks? Were they whack? No. They were fucking stupid. We were here last two weeks. weeks. I got I one of the last two weeks. I was weeks. gone for two well, weeks. You're, you're so. three weeks ago. You did it's yeah. tricky. And we did but the then, Sunday um, one last. So uh, uh, last week um, we did Sunday one. So this one. is. Uh, uh, brilliant Prince Paul production guest shots. Because yep, uh, they're all Prince Paul, right? Three weeks ago, we did um, No Static by Third Base. Okay. Two, uh, but, last but week. with Prince Paul, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, he produced okay. it. Just then uh, sure. last week, you and I at Hops and Drops, we yep. did uh, How Not to Get Jerked by Boogie Fucking Down Productions. Stupid. Oh, so Love you it. left me Love. out. You left Tweak Dude, out we of the mix. Left out. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, no, we but, had some but, one but on now, one time. That's just fine. Wait, hold on. Which is fine. Okay. Super intelligent toilet has the mic. Ooh, um, of all, uh, uh, Prince Paul produced a lot of guest shot Big Daddy tracks. Yeah. But in chord, uh, the propulsion, the horn swells, the samples, the bass line, the, the, the build-ups, the this breakdowns. The um, apex. Um, uh, Big Daddy, it, it's off his 1991 album called okay. Taste of Chocolate, okay. which uh, by then time he was, he was on his downturn. But this one... Big Daddy Kane launches a fucking molten lyrical mic bomb to one of the most smoothest flowing. And also, uh, those of you who like uh, Beastie Boys, yeah. uh, Prince, uh, Paul's Boutique, will recognize that he also works in the same vocal sample that they used in Shadrach. Okay. I, don't, I don't know its origin, but here we go. Well, so it. for the it's third part in our Prince Paul guest shot production triptych, um, Big Daddy Kane... It's hard being the cane. Here we go. 
tours Because here's the holocaust Above all laws and affecting all yours Cause I came to place a taste of face and grace Every place of race to waste without a trace My vocabulary will just have you Every day's in a maze so I fear no adversary That means competition They can't even touch this, even with ammunition. Rick out the gauge, you're going to an outrage. And I'ma still blow up the stage. Cause this is a death threat, but don't let your sweat get in the way of your vision. Don't be missing when I get set to go on a rampage. Start a one-man rage, total destruction as I rip up the damn stage. And leave it in ruin from the damage that I'm doing. Tip appear of the atmosphere as I put you in. The move for the smooth operator to start this flow. And so, I hush the crush, and stomp the calm to try to get flying. Face the ace, I put them in place, proceed them, retreat them, defeat them, delete them, and beat them, and eat them, and all the rest of that good stuff, cause I don't need them. Only one survivor can remain, and goddamn, it's got to be the cane. Get up. Give it to me. Give it here. This has been an episode of uh, Breakup Gaming Society. Um, it was an emotional night. It was. People it was, were like, it was fucked a good up, night, crying. But it was definitely a um, a connection night. You know, more emotional, more interpersonal kind of night. And uh, well, we started out with trucks. We did, and then um, it got weirder from there. I feel like I was going to win. <laughs> Did you after like uh, a few rounds? Right. Of, um, it, we, we didn't get past sorry. like... Yeah, well, I'm a second half of the team, so you really don't turn know. Half. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the sleeper guy that's like, oh, this guy's not doing shit. Wait, he just won? Well, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Barring all else, pudding. We, we're going to close with one of my favorite poems. The History of One Tough Motherfucker by Charles Bukowski. He came to the door one night, wet, thin, beaten, and terrorized. A white, cross-eyed, tailless cat. I took him in and fed him, and he stayed. He grew to trust me until a friend drove up the driveway and ran him over. I took what was left to a vet who said, Not much chance. Give him these pills. His backbone is crushed, but it was crushed before and somehow mended. If he lives, he'll never walk. Look at these x-rays. He's been shot. Look here. The pellets are still there. He once had a tail. Somebody cut it off. I took the cat back. Let me pause you there. It was a hot summer, one of the hottest in decades. I put him on the bathroom floor, gave him water and pills. He wouldn't eat. He wouldn't even touch the water. I dipped my finger into it and wet his mouth, and I talked to him. I didn't go anywhere. I put in a lot of bathroom time and talked to him and gently touched him, and he looked back at me with his pale blue crossed eyes. And as the days went by, he made his first dragging, his first move, dragging himself forward by his front legs. The rear runs wouldn't work. He made it to the litter box, crawled over and in, it was like a trumpet of possible victory, blowing in that bathroom and into the city. I related to that cat. I'd had it bad, not that bad, but bad enough. One morning he got up, stood up, fell back down, just looked at me. You can make it, I said to him. He kept trying, getting up, falling down. Finally, he walked a few steps. He was like a drunk. The rear legs just wouldn't 
didn't want to do it, and he fell again, rested, and got up. You know the rest. Now he's better than ever. Cross-eyed, almost toothless, but the grace is back, and that look in his eyes never left. And now sometimes I'm interviewed. They want to hear about life and literature, and I get drunk and hold up my cross-eyed, shot, run-over, detailed cat, and I say, Look! Look at this! But they don't understand. They say something like, You say you've been influenced by Celine? No, I hold the cat up. By what happens? By things like this. By this. By this. I shake the cat, hold him up in the smoky and drunken light. He's relaxed. He knows. It's then that the interviews end. Although I am proud sometimes when I see the pictures. Later, and there I am. There is the cat, and we are photographed together. He too knows it's bullshit, but that somehow it all helps. May you fight long and